get into today's Q-Pod episode. Uh, episode 16! Good gravy. Um, what happens when they all finish? Uh, there's a party, and we... Uh, I, I don't know! We need to talk <laughs> about this Oscar. frivolous use yes. of the budget, which is tiny as it is because of these trips you keep making and all of this ridiculous <laughs> ways of spending. But before we get into the meat of the power today, um, power, hashtag power meat. Nibble around. Uh, don't forget. Of the pastry of the power. <laughs> Stop it! I'm trying to do the sensible bit that all good Sorry. podcasters Sorry. do that we never do. Sorry. Yes. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram, that human podcast. And we would love it if if a post or two, you click that little pointy arrow and put it in your stories because then it shares us to the wider world. So thank you for we, that. We and also. Is please share us. Yeah. More. Yeah, share us. We'd love that. Because if you're enjoying it, there's a good chance your neighbour might enjoy it. Not your racist mm. one, the other one on the other side. Or um, going back to what we just said a minute ago, if there's people you yes. don't like on Instagram, share us with them if you don't like <laughs> it. <laughs> yes, exactly. Think this is do. rubbish? Those people you hate will really yeah. think it's rubbish. <laughs> <laughs> Spam their walls uh, in their inboxes. And absolutely subscribe on Spotify, Amazon, Google, uh, everywhere, basically, you can find a pod. Give us a review, five stars if possible, thank you so much. Write something, send it to your your grandma who lives in a treehouse. Um, your support keeps us going. Uh, literally, Jez is a cyborg and he's run by the internet and comments. Do yeah. this moustache wax doesn't buy itself. And <laughs> as you not. can see, there's little in it today because of the very little sharing oh, or donations that have been coming in. <laughs> you had to resort to dog hair wax, didn't you? <laughs> I wonder what you were going to say. I was just about to pull the feed. So, um, <laughs> yes, you had the power then for a second. I did. The so, talking Matt, stick. <laughs> the question we've all been wondering... Uh, oh, God. Well, two questions. One is, do you work out? And we know that that is correct. So that's the question <laughs> put to bed. <laughs> and the second question, sub or dom, uh, is the... Uh, <laughs> are, are you a powered, yes. crazy trip uh, uh, person? Or are you okay? Do you think power is a good thing or a bad thing is what I'm getting to? <laughs> Whips or... I, I, I'm. I mean, that's oh, that's impossible to answer. Power, really. it, power in the right hands is a great thing. Power in the wrong hands, not so much. Uh, well, that was profound. Yeah. Think about what <laughs> you asked. <laughs> this this you week brought to you by Sesame Street. Um, <laughs> what? What? Um, I want to know what is the. And I've not prepared you for this, but. What is the nope. one example of good power that you can think of at the top of your head that you think that's had a profound effect on me or, oh, that's come to my mind for the first, and I don't know why. Give me an example of good yeah. power. I can give you the bestest one ever. Yes. Uh, the realisation and harnessing of my own power. Specifically, and I know you're going to roll your eyes when I say this, but... Getting into some kind of fitness, health, well-being workout routine because it allowed me to realize I had the power to 
change my life, my world, my body, my mind, all of these things, my point of view, my, what I did with my days, what I, what I could, it showed me what mm. I could do. Yep. And people realizing their, uh, what they can do is amazing because yeah. so many people, so many people feel trapped. I used to feel trapped, used to feel, oh, I don't know what I'm doing, just doing sure. this. I just have to go with what everyone else thinks I should do. Yeah. And then I started to work out and then I realized I could be a personal trainer and that completely changed my world. I'm not saying you have to start to work out you know, become a personal trainer. Please don't. The market's busy enough as it is. But uh, um, that ownership and that, oh, look what I can do. I can get stronger. I can do that. Or even it doesn't even need to be weight. I can get better at running. I can get sure. better at high jump understanding you can physically get better at something really had a positive knock-on effect to my mental resilience and mental and self-belief that I can do anything I want to. I think there's something really strong in the idea of learning or revealing to yourself that you have much more power than you think you have. Because I think, yes, I think globally it's very easy to, to feel Oppressed is perhaps a little strong. Well, certainly for Trapped. me, but it's certain for other countries it will be entirely accurate, mm-hmm. if not perhaps um, uh, undervalued as a as a term. But um, I think you can feel, yeah, yeah, trapped is all that you don't have the power. You know that the police mm. or people can arrest you for seemingly anything they want. Uh, that there are laws to. Uh, that aren't clear they're not black and white and you can sometimes fall into you know the gray bit or down the cracks of those i think there are you know we we feel like we're watched everywhere we have rights taken away from us and rights are challenged mm. and so i think there's quite a lot of that you can probably feel quite powerless i think a lot of people probably feel quite powerless at work um or about their work i think probably people feel quite powerless about maybe finances or money I know there'll be mm. a lot of people that will struggle and feel powerless about their outlook. They might be in a relationship that they don't enjoy, or that they're struggling with or something yep. like that. So I think there's lots of examples of being a human where actually we struggle with the notion of power. We either are literally oppressed by power or we don't mm. feel that we have the power. And mm. your story is very specifically your story, but it is the same journey of that everybody will take if they get to that point or can can put themselves in that place where they realize actually they have more power than they realize they do there was that yeah is it frankel you know i talk a lot about victor frankel but i think it was frankel who said that almost everything can be taken away from you you're you can be tied up and bound and gagged and beaten you could have even your tongue removed but but the power that you'll always have is that mm. no one can take away how you think or what you think or how you feel. Yep. It's beautiful that, isn't it? Which in itself mm. is an incredible power. So if you, like you, you know, back then, pre-personal trainer, what made you get into that? Because you felt like, you know, you were a dead-end ass with nothing to do with your life or... <laughs> uh, I, w- I will answer that in a second. Just sort of <laughs> read into it. But enough about my dead-end ass. Um <laughs> I will answer that question in just a second, but I just realised when we were talking that the way I said about harnessing my power was actually very closed. It doesn't need to be a physical thing, like a physical exertion in terms of, say, fitness. Doing a master's, going back to university could give you that unlocking of, oh, I did that. I, yeah. I th- you, you have to take action, but it doesn't need to be I lifted weights. It could be sure. I, 
I did. I just did something that I hadn't done before, and that realization that it's possible is is where the power comes from. Or I believed in myself, or as you quite right say, just the yeah. one thing that you did something, and that kicked yeah. started the snowball. It's a, there's that lovely analogy, isn't there? That it only takes one snowflake to start an avalanche. Oh dear, yes. Avalanches yeah. can be good. I, is that a lovely analogy for the people <laughs> below? Well, not below, obviously, but. Um, <laughs> You know, if, if if it was a... I mean, a snowball is basically a small avalanche, isn't it? So sure. it's my analogy. I can twist it. <laughs> and I'm sticking by it. Yeah, <laughs> literally sticking. <laughs> ah. uh, why did I, I... I got. I did the whole fitness thing because I was working in uh, uh, an office and it was fine and I liked the people. But I, there, it was around then I was getting into fitness just for myself and realising as well that oh, this is actually not how what I thought it was. It's very different and I can do it on my terms and it's making me feel good. And that was the evolution of, well, maybe I could work in this area. And it, it snowballed from did, there. Did you specifically feel powerful? Did, did that kind of give you a sense of power that actually I can yes. get in this job? I'm going to say, no, I'm not coming in to do this anymore. Screw you, Sandra. You've always <laughs> been a real bitch in here. <laughs> By the way, I've had your stapler for the last six months. That's who took it. Um, and then say I'm going to go off on my own and I feel like I've got the power to do it. Was that, was that basically it? <sighs> I mean, yes, there was that. There was a lot of uh, burgeoning self-belief that I could be the master of, of my own fate as opposed to a victim of destiny. Sure. Dramatic. Um, mm. I can imagine your Christmas cards are written with such amazing prose. They must be like, sort of, you, know, you know, some people I do Christmas really good. Like Birthday cards especially. Really? <laughs> Yeah, I do, oh, really yeah. do. I wouldn't know. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> You're a robot, you don't have birthdays. This robot has feelings. Uh, March the 29th. <laughs> it must be a long one next year. Um, okay, give me an example of good... Uh, of, did we do bad power before? Good, I can't remember. I can't remember what you said. I generally don't listen to much. I just look at the numbers ticking away. Clearly. Uh, give me an example of bad power. Uh, I mean, well, what sort of scale do you want? Well, I mean, Hitler probably would be an obvious one, right? Yeah, I mean... OK, but what what about... OK, well, you know, we could get into the trolley problem here. Um, what, Tesco? Or th <laughs> things adjacent to the trolley problem. What if bad power does something good for someone else? Well, this is interesting, isn't it? This is my point. Mm-hmm. Because mm. almost mm. always bad power that people other people would say bad power benefits a, a number of people somebody once said to me I've, I've a couple of friends um one of them is a client really <clears throat> but and there's a lovely soft relationship I have with them but um another person is a very good friend who's uh, does extremely well um for himself multi-millionaire sold his business yada yada but very philanthropic he's um gives a lot of it away and he once said to me, you know, that if you follow power, you'll almost always find corruption. He said this, you hardly ever make big, big money. If you follow big money, there's almost always is either tax evasion or crime or illegal sales yeah. or, or something. And, and I thought that's quite a dramatic thing to say. And maybe he's just a bit bitter because he's not a billionaire, you know. Um, and I remember it sort of sat in my head for ages and I went off once and just sort of, you know, did a bit of, okay, who are the, you know, successful 
successful, quote unquote, who are the rich people and what have they yeah. done? And then you think, oh, actually, this is all getting a little bit dark and shady, right? You know, because there's mm. an awful lot of them. It's big money because of something not so great. So very powerful because money, unfortunately, mm. is, um, a, is a power gamut. Is that the right phrase or is a power? Um... Aphrodisiac. It is. No, I don't just mean that. I mean, That's I mean, like in metaphorical <laughs> as aphrodisiac, in that it's it's alluring. The promise of money links to power. Um, yes, maybe. And I, I can and I can see that as people as power grows, you naturally come into contact with more people, and so there's more variables, more chance that those people might want you to do bad things for them or yeah. with them or like. Well, because of course, like this is the thing. I mean, I find. Um, <clears throat> We have to be very careful, I suppose, what we say and how we do it, because I don't want to upset people. But you're you're absolutely right in as much that whether it be Pol Pot or Hitler or um, the one that looks like Che Guevara, but it's the bad one, because Che Guevara was the good one, wasn't he? But there's another one who looks just Castro? like Castro? That's the one. Um, I always get them wrong in pub quizzes, and I'm always the, everyone goes, what the hell? That he won was a dictator. I'm like, yeah, but they both wore like they had the floppy hat and the, you know, and the hair. Um, <laughs> So, so all of those people did terrible things, but there will be the people around them and they themselves that actually because of the power that they had was very beneficial to them. Mm. They, they got some great stuff out of it. Um, but at what expense? And I think that's an interesting conundrum that people don't... Because we seem to have this innate desire for power as human beings. We're quite a controlling mm. species. We like, I guess it's safety, but it goes too far all the time. Because I mm. don't think I, I've seen very few people that are good with power. Right. Uh, I think there are opportunities all the time to be right. to to use whatever power you have for good or bad. Whether that is in work and it's sort of climbing the corporate ladder and just a small things to like to dropping hints to your manager that the person who's also up for the promotion maybe did something and they shouldn't like. I, I, Clearly, as someone who hasn't worked in an office for 10 years, maybe that doesn't happen anymore, or maybe that only happens in films. But I, I think it's... It, but equally, that's down, equally down to natural selection and wanting to do well and succeed. And if you can do small, minor discretions... Sorry, minor indiscretions to help yourself. Sure. And if, the, and if, the, if it doesn't affect someone too badly, it just gives you a small advantage. Like, there are, is that a grey area or is that right and wrong? Should you never do that? Or if you don't, will you get left behind? Like, it's an impossible question to answer because obviously you have your own case scenario situation. But I'm sure we both have done it. Even, even like cheating at a board game. If you thought you could do it without getting away, just to give you that dopamine hit of winning. Yeah, I suppose so. <clears throat> that, is, that is a corruption of power. The, but... I forget his name, Stanley, something or other. This is terrible. The guy who wrote Spider-Man. I love that phrase with great Lee. power. Stan Lee, you said Stan, it. Stan, Stan Lee. Lee, that's it. Yes, yeah, Stan Lee. <laughs> Hilarious. <laughs> my, brain, my afternoon brain going, it sounds like Stan Lee. Say Stan Lee. <laughs> that Stan Lee guy. Uh, forget his surname. Um, yes, with, him. Gr- with great power comes great responsibility. And I love... Now, now hold on. <clears throat> Did he yeah. really coin that? Well, I believe so. Because that do, is I so... I normally do a fact check on stuff like this, and I'm almost certain that I did a fact check before. But seeing as I edit this and I have the power, we're going to keep it in. So, uh, <laughs> do a fact hunt. What? Yeah. Rude. <laughs> so, um, uh, uh, the reason I asked about good and bad power is I yes. think we tend to think about people who have had really significant, 
Like, I think good power, for example, and this is why I like the discussion, for me, is Obama. Mm. I think Obama, Barack Obama did an amazing thing as president and was the first president in a very, very long time that just cut through a lot of the rubbish. And But awful lot of people didn't like him. There was still plenty of people who felt he was not good in power. Um, I, but, you yeah. know, when you contrast it to some of the nonsense that's happened, like the Trump administration, and you think, well, you know, at least he wasn't, you know, entirely corrupt. Um, but then he has just as many people thinking what he did was wonderful and who still think he's president. Like, yes, yeah, there is that weird thing. With <laughs> something as divisive as, as, as politics nowadays, there will always be... It, it, it's, it's just a favouritism campaign for so many people. It's just, yeah, do I like true. them? Are they, are they my guy or not? And then if, you, if, they're not, if their person you're talking about isn't your guy, you hate them. Yes, And it divides your family. It, like it Brexit. Divides, power divides, doesn't it? Um, yeah. Well, of course, Brexit is all about power as well, right? This is the thing. We are obsessed with having one Take over back on power. somebody. Or That's going con- well. Controlling. Yeah. <laughs> or controlling. Um, I love there was a subtlety today. In the news, the French had um, captured... See, it's my propaganda. Captured uh, <laughs> a British fishing vessel. It was this tiny little boat. It was like, you know, two men on it and right. 19 yes. corpses of... I don't know, minnows. Um, and uh, they said, we, we, we're banning you because, uh, you know, putting a fine on you because you shouldn't be in these waters. Right. And the comment from the government was, well, you know, we, uh, people are going to have to start changing our diet, changing the way that we think about, you know, buying things because of Brexit, which was sort of a guided way of saying, I suggest you stop eating fish, right? Because <laughs> <laughs> fish is going to be off for a while. <laughs> Ridiculous. But, and but this that, week was the week that the, the, the Tory MPs voted against, uh, were voting to allow water companies at first to pump raw sewage into various different waterways because we don't have the EU saying, actually, you probably shouldn't do that anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, but of course that will be power as well. I'm a big advocate oh, I know. of this. Oh, I know. You know, that somebody somewhere is doing very well in politics, allowing some of these things to go through because somebody will be making money. And that's the tragedy is that... You know, it's a little bit like the, um, you know, the power struggle, the power play that we have. We must come back to local human things um, after this. Yes. Uh, we are getting a bit global and um, yeah. I don't want to upset people. This should be a podcast where people can, you know, come and it doesn't matter whether what religion they are, what um, uh, what their sort of social standing is or whatever. We should, this is kind of a safe space, I think. Um, but one of the things that troubles me greatly is us pulling out of, um, Afghanistan randomly at like a moment's notice and all of that yeah. element but, and you think well, and then no, now nothing's being said about it it's like the greatest mm. elephant in the room is why on earth did we have to get out like really and that will be something to do with an exchange of power somewhere that isn't being um, you know. yes and the fact that within three days of the West withdrawal from Afghanistan, the Taliban had completely taken over. It just shows yeah. that we hadn't actually done anything positive. We just held the uh, the military there. Mm-hmm. And yep. for it to collapse so quickly and thoroughly, yep. we ha- we like the West's intervention, once again, did mm-hmm. literally no good yep. and probably much, much, much worse than it ever should yep. have by being there for so long. A friend of mine uh, fought in Afghanistan, and when he saw it happen, his only comment was, um, I spent four years there, and what was the point? 
Yeah. Why, why, why I, can, I can understand. He lost friends mm. and, you know. <clears throat> so to tie it back to this week's theme, you know, power can be wonderfully exhilarating and can feel great. And we have this need. And I think knowing it is really important to keep it in check and, and mm. ask yourself, why am I doing this? Or what, what's the reason that I want this? What's the reason that I'm behaving this way or thinking this way? And if it's power related, I think that's the biggest caution is, well, hang on a minute. Because mm. the person with the most power, as history dictates, isn't necessarily the person who is right. Perfect timing for my little dog there saying, <clears throat> look, if there's something outside, it's a leaf blowing or somebody. Um, He's got power over you. He makes you get up early and feed him. He has power over me. He has power over our listeners, power over my edit this week. Yes. <laughs> and uh, I will have power over him later. Um, so... Uh, that was a bit sinister, that wasn't it? So uh, yeah, yeah, there's, this, there's this there's this kind of drive for power, but and just because you've got it doesn't mean to say you're going to do the right thing with it. So mm. maybe actually we should be we should check in to be less inclined to want power, and in its place find something else. Like, is it an alternative that we should really seek rather than power specifically? And this sounds terribly twee, but you know, <laughs> what, what if what if happiness or or um, understanding was the thing that you should seek rather than power, for example. I, 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 I love what you're saying. I think it's impossible. Um, of course. But, but also the other thing is, is they're not mutually exclusive. Like power makes people happy. That, 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 mm-hmm. that feeling of control and, and it kind of links back to what I was saying about the power that I felt I realised that I had is, is desirable. It is, oh, hang on, sure. I can change things. <clears throat> And it, it just comes down to whether you change things for the better or the worse. But equally, maybe there are no decisions which are entirely good and entirely beneficial to everyone. Maybe there's always sure. a balance to, to consider. Yeah. The, the tragedy is that we are influenced by world events. And mm. we're influenced by what we see in the news and what we see people doing because they are greater, bigger examples of us on a, on a smaller scale. And Mm. there is, everywhere you go, there are struggles with power and people who are oppressive in a social context to others. I mean, you only have to look at what's going on with Israel. And, you know, that that again is a classic example of, uh, well, we're going to take this and this is going to be ours and we're going to push, you know, one side of our story. And then there's Mm. there's all these other people saying, well, hang on a minute, but we we live here. Like, you can't just... (laughs) I just maybe rather than it being a power struggle, we should just say, look, there needs to be is either or isn't an option, right? We need to coexist. That's mm-hmm. like, <clears throat> well, it's it's well, I don't know. I can't. I it's so I need an outlet. I need to have a good talk about the things that I trouble that trouble me and that keep me up at night. And seeing other people, other human beings, be um, you know oppressive and suppress other people through a struggle for power. Yeah is one of the most distressing things that exists, I think, of our species. Mm. And it happens at a lower level in relationships at home. It happens in our schools, the way that yeah, some yeah. teachers oppress creativity, they, they oppress sexuality, they oppress um, or encourage you know, silence and not having, not stepping up and not believing in the power that you've got in yourself, that, you, that your voice mm. doesn't count. That, you know, believing you don't matter but, is oppression. Yeah. And here's the thing, though about everything you just talked about on the huge global scale, on the micro scale, 
none of it matters. We're all going to be dead at some point. Like, I'm sorry well, to... It matters while sort of, we're here, though, doesn't it? I mean, it, it matters we while we're here, but, but that desire, so, for example, that desire, like, talking about a conflict, for example, Israel and Palestine, that whole, we live here, we live here, we want the land, we want the land, and obviously, I know it's, please don't write it, I know it's a lot more complex than that, but ultimately, it's two people fighting over a patch of the earth and the, the ownership of it. <laughs> like... If we zoom right out, or if aliens came and we tried to explain it to them, be like, or, or any conflict, any war, oh, no, we're going to invade you. No, you can't do that. Like, none, it's so insanely Yeah, at its basic level, it is nonsense, isn't it? It's, uh, well, we yeah. want that bit of land, so we're going to blow them up and kill them and stuff. And then somebody says, yeah. but... But they live there. Why are you... But you think you've got a right to just go over there and... Yeah, but we want yeah. 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 Some days I just pray for an asteroid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I had a great little quote today. Um, the difference between a rut and a grave is the depth of the hole. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Isn't that great? And, and it puts into context, you know, how serious is this problem that we're in, right? <laughs> um, and I thought that was particularly poignant. There's one particular... Um, there are lots of people throughout history that have had great power. Um, over other people and have encouraged great things to happen. And the more I was reflecting on it, the more I realised actually this is quite a sad, maybe we can find, or you're very good normally at finding a different path that we can take that's less sad. But mm. I got quite sad thinking about all of the people who had done amazing things in life, uh, who mm. had amazing power and made real positive influences, but um, weren't 100% success stories. Like the, Because they had power... There's this strange dichotomy, particularly in this country. In England, we're very good at champion, championing the underdog. And when that underdog becomes successful, when they've got power, we, like, knock them down. It's it, Time and time ah. again, you see it all the time. It's, it's the weirdest social behaviour. And throughout history, there have been people like Gandhi, for example, assassinated because he was doing such great things, but not everybody agreed with what he was doing, but he had a lot of power. Um, and, of yeah. course, a lot of power he was giving through his actions. He was giving power to people, to the common people, yeah. And not those who had established power. So he was threatening the system. So he was assassinated. Um, and then you look at, you know, like Disney, had an amazing amount of power. The, the, Walt Disney as a person and, and what he did. In, incredible influence on, on people. Yet because of that power, then we get this kind of Nazi sympathising, frozen on ice, all of this kind of nonsense that goes mm. yeah, along with him. It's, it's, like, it's almost like you, it doesn't matter whether they do really, really good or really, really bad. It's that old adage, isn't it? You'll be damned if you do and damned if you don't. <laughs> so you may as well do and be happy. So you may as well go in the middle somewhere, I guess. I don't know. I don't really know what I'm saying. <laughs> but, this, um, but maybe the way that we can steer this, because uh, I'm very conscious that it's going to be me being a little bit uh, negative and, <laughs> and, and sad about <laughs> how I struggle with power. Um, I, you know, you see bosses that thrive on that sort of almost narcissistic uh, behavior that you know you give somebody a little bit of power and they really thrive on it maybe yeah. we should focus on things that specific things that give us good power or specific things that that can be very powerful that we can do really really mm. simple things that can be very powerful does that make okay. sense yes but i need an example <laughs> well like words Words are words can be extremely powerful. There's that I think I probably said it before. I love the fact 
that I love you and I hate you have the same number of words, same number of letters, entirely different emotional resonance, right? You can write a Mm. letter to somebody and make them feel wonderful and brilliant and great about themselves. And you can write a letter to somebody and probably have them in tears. That's an incredible Mm. power, right? Um, Mm. That we all own. And if it's as simple as that, then wouldn't it be wonderful to start exhibiting that power that we have over other people in in positive ways? Because why why would you do it in a bad way? So so should we at school start power lessons where we teach kids about how to harness theirs and the dangers and how to spot other people using their power badly? I think that's an incredible thing to do. Yeah, because I don't think that let's do it. There's loads of stuff, isn't there, that we don't teach kids or don't talk to kids about because we think if we don't talk to them about it, it um, that they won't find out or, it, or the, you know, they'll, yeah. I don't know, it will suppress them or something. But the reality yeah. is they find out in all the wrong ways, don't they? Um, yeah. Quite frankly, I would overhaul the whole curriculum. There'd be stuff on relationships and there would also be stuff, yeah. n- not just business studies learn the techniques and the theories, which, you know, do have a place, but actually how to start your own business, how to yeah. manage your finances, even if you don't know how to manage your personal finances. If that yeah. was taught in school, it would revolutionise yeah. this country's economic status. Why don't they just look at all of the problems in society and back work it backwards and say, OK, how do we make sure we fix but, that for the next generations in school? Because Pythagoras' theorem, for example, could come out straight <laughs> away. Like, if you need that at a later stage in your life, you can learn yeah, it, right? Yeah. But you don't need to know A squared plus B squared. or whatever. Yes. Uh, I, I can tell you precisely why that isn't, isn't changing, because the people at the top have no interest in it changing, because that would de- totally destabilise. If every child came out of school wanting to start their own business, knew how to better fi- handle their finances with better working relationships and with a better understanding of exercise and power and how brilliant they could be, it would completely, God, I sound like a revolutionary. Maybe I am. It would completely change the dynamics of this country, the power dynamics um, and the traditional old boys yeah. network, the traditional uh, systems that are in place designed to keep 95% of people down would, yep. would erode within a generation. You're like Matt Guevara. <laughs> I don't uh, like cigars. I, I think we could all follow you. Let's all follow Matt. Let's all be like, you'd be like, um, what was that one with the flute and the little cat? Oh, no, I think I'm crossed. The I'm Pied con- Piper who kidnapped yeah. children. Yeah, I'm getting confused between the Pied Piper and Puss in Boots. Wait, he kidnapped kids? I thought he just followed rats around or made rats come out. You're thinking of the there Chitty, are different Chitty stories, Bang Bang guy, aren't you? <laughs> no, the, the Pied Piper did leave. In the original story, Yes. he did. He, the, he said he'd do something. Or they said, you, we'll do something for you. And then because they, the villagers didn't, he kidnapped all the kids, basically. You are also thinking of the child catcher in Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Yes. This is off topic. <laughs> so do you want to do Book of the Week, um, your jingle? I thought you'd never you ask. <laughs> yes. Uh, Matt, are there <clears throat> instruments this week? <laughs> no, we established last week I can't play any instruments currently. Oh, okay. Well, I just wondered whether maybe you'd give it. It could be a like a percussive breakdown. I think, I think you'd look good with maracas, if you don't mind me saying. <laughs> Great. Okay. Who holds the power? The man of the hour. Where does he shower? Down on the Gower Peninsula in South Wales. <laughs> um. All right. Do you want it again? It was quite punchy. Who um, holds the power? The man of the hour. Where does he shower? Down on the Gower Peninsula in South Wales. No, without requests. Um. <laughs> um. Do yes. I have the power or not? 
they're getting <laughs> well, they're not as good me as they have this. been. <laughs> I sort of I mean maybe the rush we all rush for time every now and again. Maybe you just thought, oh maybe I'll go for a short one. I think we were liking the sort of several choruses. <laughs> I mean, maybe jingle appreciation is subjective. <laughs> maybe we should so, ask a real musician. Huh? Huh? <laughs> that is neither of us. So ah, that's true. Uh, yes, I'm, my book of the week is Hit me. random. Is random <laughs> as it is letters from a lost generation. First Ooh. World War letters of Vera Britton and four friends. Now, these are real letters. The Vera Britton was a real person. This is all genuine stuff. And in the First World War, <clears throat> she, her um, boyfriend at the time, the man she loved greatly, went off to fight in the First World War. Her yep. best friend at the time went to um, fight in the First World War. They spent this glorious, heady summer together where it was just the three of them inseparable and they did everything together, you know, went off picnics and walks and all this kind of jazz. And then overnight she lost them all. They, you know, they went over mm. off to the war and these, this is a selection of letters between them. I'm not going to tell you what happens, but it has been made into a film and the film is oh. utterly beautiful. Um, and I don't want to, because if I tell you what happens, it will spoil the film and spoil um, the book as well. Okay. But it goes to show there are some, uh, copies of the actual letters as well in there, but it just goes to show how powerful words can be. Just, I mean, mm. some of these are the shortest of letters and because of the content and because of the time and place in which they were written, they mm. are so profound. Mm. And the power that her writing to these boys has on their ability to stick with it, you know, to move through, um, mm. to fight, to continue to fight for their country, the loss that she experiences and that they experience. You know, when we when we said that there was going to be one about power, I thought for very, very little amount of time, I thought, oh my gosh, I know the one, that the book that is, I mean, totally the last oh. book you would expect me to come up with, but... Um, it's a really beautiful read, very, very interesting read. It's not as heavy as it sounds. Of course, it's incredibly yep. emotional, uh, but it's lovely. It is published by... Um, I took the cover off. Little Brown and Company. Oh. Uh, oh. It's called Letters from a Lost Generation. It's edited by Alan Bishop and Mark Bostridge, um, and I recommend it highly. Fabulous. It does sound wonderful indeed. I, before you revealed how serious it was, well, I'm still going to say it, I was going to say that if you asked me to name, like come up with a fake name of a woman in the First World War, I'd call her Vera Britton. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. I do believe she was real, and that does sound like a very lovely moving book. And yes, and that links to sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Uh, whoever said that, not a real person. Well, yeah. Yeah, that is true. And they are... Yeah. Sticks and stones will break your bones. I mean, let's just not be... You know, that is true. Um, <laughs> yes. That, that yes, they, yes, they will. Good. Uh, some interesting parallels between our botwas this week. So, book of the week. So yours have... Uh, yours had letters in the title. Mine has notes in the title. They've both been okay. made into films. Ooh. So I have... Notes on a Scandal by Zoe Heller. Is your book 
uh, was that made into a film with um, about the Enigma with uh, Cumberbatch in it? No. Oh. Th- no. That's called Enigma. That's it, that one. <laughs> yes, definitely not. This oh, okay. is set in a school. It was made into a film with Kate Blanchett and Judy Dench. Oh, Judy uh, Dench. It's very good. But the book is obviously better. Not obviously, sometimes it's not, but the book is better. Uh, it is about the abuse of power. Um, and also another part of power is control. Yeah. Uh, it's about a new teacher comes to a school where Judy Dent, well, the older teacher has been working there for a while, doesn't have many friends, is quite reclusive, set in her ways. There's this young, breezy teacher breezes in. Uh, they think, the older teacher thinks they're friends and they sort of are, but then the younger teacher, um, this isn't a spoiler, it says it on the back, younger teacher has an affair with a 16-year-old. Okay. Um, and then it becomes about this power struggle and the control elements of the, the older teacher knows about it and it's the, the dynamics change and it's it's really, really, uh, it's amazing. It's a very short book. Um, it's, yeah, I did descriptions of it. Brilliant, nasty, gripping. I'd agree. <laughs> Fascinating, horribly addictive. Agree. It's like a, a brilliant case study yes. on the the darker sides of ourselves we don't always acknowledge. Um it allows us to dip into that without actually having to do nasty things, which I think could be part of the power of books and reading, like inhabit other worlds just for a bit and then go, oh, no thanks, and leave it. So, Zoe Heller, Notes on a Scandal. You won't believe, uh, Jess, published by Penguin. What are the chances? Penguin. If anything, Penguin. they need to publish more books. Um, yes. I that, don't think they're doing very well, are they? It, it brings us to an interesting point about power, you know, because... Sometimes we have to have a huge amount of respect for the power that we have or the power that other people have. And we don't necessarily like, for example, um, a 16 year old, they're of age um, and age to consent to get into a relationship with somebody, um, no matter how old that person is. But of course, Not with if, a, but a teacher has the responsibility. Exactly that, they, the idea of actually having to respect power when you might not want to. Mm. Um, or, or, oh, oh, I wasn't expecting you to say that. Um, um, the idea or, of respecting or, power, and then you said when you might not want to. Oh, that's dark. Well, Are you saying we all have the tendon? We, would you think not too far beneath the surface if it was, I don't know. Ooh. Uh, so do you think I bring you te- back you think- to... Go on. Go on, go on, go on. I bring you back to... And it was that was the first book I thought about, and I thought, no, maybe that's too obvious, and I think we've spoken about it. It brings you back to that... Um, Oh gosh, what does she call it? She hates. She absolutely ripped me to shreds when I called it an experiment. The um, um, Jane Elliot, back in the seventies, created something called a class divided. It was a social event, whatever she called it. Right. Um, where she took a group of kids, split them down the middle, and set, uh, obviously the, you know, a group didn't. She didn't literally dissect them. And <laughs> ten of them. <laughs> had blue eyes, 10 of them had brown eyes, and she told them that the brown-eyed kids were more intelligent. Um, The blue-eyed kids are really stupid. You're dumb, so you get to go to lunch second. Um, It came about because they were all white. It was in a very, very white area of the States, and it was the day after the assassination of Martin Luther King. And one of the children (laughs) said, Miss Elliot, what did that man do? Why did they kill him? And so she said, how do you explain to middle-class mm. white kids in a predominantly white area of the States 
what racism is and what it's like to be a minority. So she split the class in two and said, well, let me show you. Right. Um, you know, you, the brown-eyed kid's super, super intelligent. Brown eye, uh, blue eyes, absolutely not. And she, that was all the information she gave them. So she said, we're going to do a test. And she fixed the yeah. test to say, oh, look at these stupid blue-eyed kids. Look, you've got all these wrong. And the brown she did nothing else, didn't tell them to do anything. And the brown-eyed kids turned on the blue-eyed kids. They picked on them. They pushed them out of <gasps> the way. They made them, like, go behind them. They taunted them. So she let that go on. So the next day, she said... I have something to tell you. Even some teachers get it wrong. Um, oh, and she had blue eyes. So one of the brown-eyed kids said, well, you've got blue eyes. Does that mean you're stupid? And she said, no, right. I'm a teacher. and You do what I tell you to do. And they went, oh, okay. So the next day, <laughs> the yeah. kids came in. She said, I got it wrong. It's absolutely my fault. Um, even teachers get it wrong sometimes. It's the blue-eyed kids that actually are the more intelligent and the, and the brown-eyed brown ones um, are less intelligent, they must have cheated on their test yesterday oh. uh, because the blue-eyed ones, and like that, they gave it twice as bad back again. So my point, I, I'm paraphrasing this, it's a phenomenal thing. She's an incredible woman. She's got an awful lot of stick for it. You wouldn't be able to... Um, well, the way you've it. summarised it sounds awfully socially irresponsible, quite frankly. Um, yeah, it's an interesting way of looking at it, and I think that is... Uh, you know, at the time, it wasn't a great big social experiment that she wanted to change the world with. It was, a, OK, how can no. I show you what it's like to be a minority? Um, mm. The only way you're going to know that is if I make you a minority. And, mm. you know, she the point she makes all the time is I did nothing. I didn't tell the kids to be nasty. I didn't tell the kids, you know, that you should no. bully them. I didn't. Th that came from somewhere. And, and mm. this is the point that she uncovered. She also does it. I mean, she's probably retired now. I interviewed her for another podcast series. I have, I've still got the interview. She was a phenomenal interview. Like, I felt like that wow. big. Um, <laughs> she um, replicated it for adults in businesses for years afterwards and did the same experiment and divided them into two and showed what can happen. Right. If I just set the right tone, you will mm. make this up yourself. You will, you know. And so the, it's about the struggle for power. And this almost mm. weird desire that we have to have power over somebody else to make us feel better about something. Mm. And so, you know, sometimes you have to respect or you're put in a position where you do respect the power, even though you don't necessarily agree with it. Mm. Right? I mean, look at all the people who have been okay. improperly prisoned. Definitely, definitely. Um, OK, so you're saying about... Oh, sorry, what was that phrase you just used about... Um, not respect the power before that, about... Um, Oh God! Uh, this is why you should. Listen. Yeah, about you, you said like it's just below. The, well, I, I said that earlier, but like it's there. The need to control, have power and control, is there for people, not like yes. not far away. Uh -huh. So, what could we do? What could we give or inspire people with so that they acknowledged it but didn't act on it because they were fulfilled in other ways? Gosh. And I guess you kind of said that earlier about happiness or something. But is there something? What well, could we replace that desire for power with? I don't know, because all of these things sound easy, but when you're in the moment, you don't necessarily know. It's, it's what I always say to people, is that we need to ask more questions and check in on ourselves. You know, what am I feeling? Mm. Why am I feeling like this? And how would I mm. rather feel? And, and just to question stuff more, because we just go along with stuff too much. And it's not to be antagonistic or to intentionally go against the grain it's not to create trouble or cause trouble it's because an awful lot happens in this world because nobody said hang on a minute why are we doing it this way mm. um maybe there's a nicer kind of different fresher faster way of doing it or whatever or someone 
in power who we're because we're taught to respect power from a young talk to respect yes. taught to respect power from a young age it's not that we wouldn't question it it's just that our brains are so wired to oh yes. someone's in a suit on a podium telling us oh then of yeah. course you just go with what they're yeah, saying yeah. well all the social so re- psychology experiments show us that don't they you know you give somebody yeah. a clipboard yeah, yeah, yeah. and a fluorescent jacket <laughs> and you can make people do whatever you want mm. god we're awful aren't we yeah we are and, and, <laughs> but we're also but, amazing we are amazing, and some. But for a lot of my life, I do carry this um, sadness, and and try to work out why it is that we are so. Because because if you focus too much on it, actually, the bad stuff really overshadows some of the great stuff. It takes me a little while to go and find good stuff and think, gosh, you know, actually, we are an amazing um, uh, species, yeah. and we've got some incredible stuff that we should be very very proud of. But my word, we can be incredibly nasty. But it starts, as Jane Elliott proved, very young this desire for a stronghold over others and so maybe we should be you should be constantly seeking you know it's almost like a daily reminder i need to be seeking inclusivity or i need to be seeking kindness or i need to be seeking understanding or mutuality or mutuality sorry or, or however you want to describe it so that it's a bit like, you know, if, if I'm talking to leaders, I always say there's somebody at the end of the day has got to probably make a decision somewhere, but it doesn't make you yeah. less of a leader to say, what do you all think we should do? What's best for everybody here? I'm not going to tell you what we should do. What do yeah. we all think would be the best thing for us to do? Um, and if you're looking, you know, the idea of a leader, right, is to be slightly removed from everything and kind of see everything from a, from a wider perspective. If there's a bit you've seen that they haven't, then it might be that you need to intervene or say, oh, hang on, we need to consider this as well. But yeah. that's the point of a leader, right, is to lead, to take a group of people from one place to another. It's very different to a dictator. Yes, exactly. I get a leader should be reviewing all the facts and listening to make the best decision for the majority, I guess, or the best decision long term. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, short term too, right? But So yeah. I, I guess my sort of final piece on this is that we can become power hungry and not know it and we can become perhaps a little obsessed and a little infatuated with power because it feeds us in a way that makes us feel strong it makes us feel um confident it makes us feel uh i don't know it feeds our ego and so that can be a really dangerous heady mix where we become unaware of that because then we just drive and hunger for more power over other people. But I love the story of Walt Disney walking through Disney world and picking up rubbish. And somebody said, why do you, why do you pick up the rubbish? And he said, no one is too important to pick up trash. Mm -hmm. And if there's nothing else that unites everybody, it's that, isn't it? It's that there's nobody more important than another. You're a human being. It doesn't matter, you know, what the... Somebody at the end of the day, I guess, has got to make a decision, but it doesn't necessarily yeah. make you any more important, you know. It doesn't make you a better well, person because you've got a titular, for example. <laughs> yes. Um, that is a, that's lovely in principle. Uh, you don't see it as often anymore. You don't see... No. I feel like you don't see, like, in, in inverted commas, important people doing picking up litter as like uh, that's a bad example because you don't you can't have a camera on someone all the time and maybe people are doing stuff for the good of everyone but it's and maybe Walt Disney just did it for a photo op you don't know that I think 
I think <laughs> we definitely need to have more people that are willing to be that one person. Because if the one mm. person does something, you think, oh, what's the point in me picking up, you know, rubbish? No one's going to see it. That one person, in itself, you have incredible power to help change the way other people do things, don't you? Yes. That, that, that concept is something I want to talk about in more detail another time. The, oh, it's just me. I don't matter. or What I do doesn't matter. And then collectively. But that is that thing on not being able to see the greater picture is, is the same for me as why someone goes, oh, I'll just have one cigarette. Like one cigarette won't kill me. 30 years of smoking will kill me. Yes. One piece yes. of litter dropped won't litter the park. 20,000 yeah. people dropping cans will. Like yeah. we're so blinkered. We're so, um, I'm not saying I'm perfect. Although. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> we can be between uh, the lines, man. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I'm not, uh, we struggle so much to see beyond the end of our noses sometimes. Oh God, this yeah. is ending. I don't want to end on like a being mean. Thing. I want to end on a uplifting thing. But look, about power. maybe, maybe we can't force the fact that sometimes humanity isn't a great thing, and maybe this mm. is one of those episodes where we can't try and shoehorn it and sugarcoat it and say, oh, you know, but sometimes True. people are great. Sometimes, and a lot of the time, people are great, but a hell of a lot of the time, people are horrible, and it's because of power. And maybe that's something yeah. that actually is strong enough for us all to consider this week. And we'll be back next week with something that's hopefully a little bit more positive. But we can't, oh, yes. we can't avoid the fact that we that's are true. who we are. Our species is our we, species. Yeah. We can't uh, joy wash the human race. Just came up with that. Quite proud who of it. Who is joy? Uh, <laughs> and why does she need a wash? <laughs> Do you know who well, is good, though? People who leave us five-star reviews. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the power. They're the best. Yeah, they are. Everyone else, they're not nice people. <laughs> That's terrible. That is not why I meant. But see how easy <laughs> it is. It just trips out. <laughs> I just abused my power. I know. To, I know. Oh, well. I love you but all But then that would benefit us. Yeah, sorry, I'll stop talking. Yes, love yes. you too. <laughs> going to drag him away now. <laughs> <laughs> just, this is such a big topic. I don't want to stop. Uh, do you know what one day for the big finish probably what we should do is show people that actually we're in the same room it's just that we made it look like we're in two different rooms for the whole of this uh, series that would be great wouldn't it we'll just we'll do the final reveal where we walk into the middle and go da-da we're here <laughs> oh dear right we have to go see you next week we have quite a corker coming next week actually don't we do we want to spoil it now or not well, I mean, you just did. It's about cork. No, oh, okay. Cork. <laughs> Walls, floors, and mats. See you then. <laughs> Bye-bye. Ta-da. Bye.